She's just a star, mate. Clearly on top for me. Arcadia Queen is running on. 200 to go. Russian Camelot has a race. Arcadia Queen coming at Russian Camelot. Russian Camelot, Arcadia Queen. Arcadia Queen, first look at 2000, is going to turn over Russian Camelot. Arcadia Queen, a link to the corner. Russian Camelot. I remember watching it back thinking, this bike might be pretty smart, I reckon. Savannah Hood, the Autumn Sun, goes for the lead at the 200 metres. Puts out a link and a half, two leagues. Vasilator and extends the Autumn G'day legends and welcome back to another episode of the Second Again Racing Podcast. I'm Nick, joined by Jackson as always. We are back for a back-to-back, mm. obviously leading into the nice part of the year. It's, I always find it's really good week, okay week, yep. really good week, okay week for this build-up mm. and then you get four or five weeks of good every week. Definitely. No group ones this week off the back of some really good racing on the weekend. Uh, but I'm with you, mate. It's We were speaking before the potty. It's a bit of salivation, isn't it? Like, we're not going to give you a group one. We're not going to give you the absolute best horses in the same race. Here's a bit of a tantalising little hors d'oeuvre or starter just to get your, just to get your palate going. And then we'll give you the group ones and feed you and really ram it up down your throat next week. Tantalising hors d'oeuvre. That is <laughs> some serious vocabulary. That's really good to hear. Um, recapping the weekend. So, obviously, Mr. Brightside. Mm. Can't do much more, this fella, can he? Like, what distance was the weekend? 1,400? Yeah, and there's nothing to knock with him, right? Because he does it, as you say, 1,400 up to the Cox Plate trip of 2,000. Wins at Doncaster at a mile in between twice. Absolute star horse. And he seems to pick up three or four owners every time he wins a race. <laughs> I don't know if you see the carry-on. <laughs> don't get me wrong, I'd be carrying on Deluxe oh. as well. If I'm in that ownership group I it's am as going, good as it gets I'm going berserk so don't get me wrong but I've just noticed every time that he has a win there's another three or four owners <laughs> tacked on <laughs> it's yeah it, mate let him enjoy it I suppose but yep. yeah you're right they, it's definitely going to be a thousand the next time that he wins a big one I thought I wish I win was super um, oh what a ride Nolan man oh. I thought actually thought he was going to go straight past but just obviously just that fresh still a little bit fresh and it, it their peak time for this horse is definitely not yet. So yeah. to see that return, if you are keen on this horse like you should be, <laughs> he'll be winning whatever he's targeted at. He's straight to the Everest six yeah, weeks. Go. They're going to go six weeks between last weekend and Saturday, 14 back to 12. If that's enough for you based on obviously what he's done first up and what he's done in his career to date, you know, pick your poison and go for it. But I'm a little bit juries out with him at the moment. I just thought Nolan gave him every chance... I thought he had the best turn of foot in the country. Maybe they deliberately left him underdone. Yeah. As you say, that target's down the track. But I just I always watch Peter Moody and he's got that little smirk or smile just underneath everything in the in the background. So maybe he knows something that we don't. I'm not worried. I think this horse, he'll, he'll be winning in Everest or going very, very close to. We'll see his main competitor this weekend as well. For sure. Um, I thought Asfora was fantastic. The, all reports from the camp were that this horse had just matured ridiculously over the three or four months off and I think you saw that on the weekend didn't over race in any way actually took a sit yep. and then just so balanced the way it straightened I think this horse is in for a massive prep superb just follow wherever you go yep. absolutely uh, it's that simple yep. um, 
Look, we said there were two horses that could win the Benedetta Paracel race. Benedetta just got the better of Paracel in the last hundred. Um, both horses to follow, you feel, or did you feel like Paracel had its chance? Well, obviously had its chance, <clears throat> but I thought Jamie Carr gave Paracel the the run of the race and was absolutely there to win. Benedetta also travelled right wide, which missed the bright side did as well. And I know they're probably both the best horse in both race, but. I just thought, you know, it probably wasn't a disadvantage to be out there three wide at Caulfield, just the way the track was playing. So all things being equal, I thought Paracel should have got the job done, but Benedetta just too good. And they didn't want her embedding, did they? They, they laid her out and allowed you to get on at 340 or something at the end. And it might have been to do with the, you know, lesser known trainer versus Godolphin with Jamie Carr aboard. Obviously, that plays a factor, but we got the race spot on. And well done to you, mate, for, for finding Benedetta at, at the bigger price too as well. I don't think she's quite up to the top line sprinters in, well, obviously not yet, but I don't think she will get there. I think she is a group twos type mare. Are you thinking the same? Yeah, she profiles as a, a similar to a horse that we're going to see on the weekend, Zapatea. Mm-hmm. I just think we always mention that group one and a half or group two and a half, like just sort of in between, probably needs absolutely all the favours to compete as in being a top three for a group one. Mm-hmm. But we've been wrong before, so let's yep. see if they continue to progress. The Richie Mwanga. That's the, that's the, uh, yeah, the category. <laughs> Mwanga is the most dead set one and a half grader. Bill and There's a few of them. For sure. Yeah. Um, Nature Strip, obviously really sad to see a horse be retired, but I think when you reflect on the career, like what, nearly 20 million in prize money, um, and Everest went over to Ascot, did what he did over there, three TJs. Obviously, yeah. I, I want to go back one, so the Ascot one to go over, represent the country at the end of your career, in your twilight, yep. still output that performance, 1,000 metres, king stand. Yep. One of the best horses I've ever seen, one of the most enjoyable horses I've ever been a part of in racing, just to watch. Mm. Um, yeah, happy retirement, big fella. Such a polarising horse, wasn't he? Whether you loved him or you hated him, he was always hard in the market. More often than not, he was favourite. Turned up at the Everest every year and competed. Obviously got one in the bag as well. Like you say, went over to, to the UK and represented us to his absolute best and towards the back end of his career. So you have to pay some level of credit to Waller as well, even though he didn't get the horse at the early part of his career. It obviously went through Smurden, Darren Weir, then on to uh, Waller. So he's passed through a lot of hands and just got better along the way. So an absolute pleasure to watch and, you know, what a career to watch unfold. Absolutely. It was a bit of a shame he had to go out in that sort of style, but I suppose... Hearing from Waller during the week, he'd shown every sort of inkling that he was back, trialled perfectly. Everything was sort of pointing towards another good prep, but the weekend, I suppose, under race pressure, got found out, and they've just said, no, nah, we're not going to push you anymore, big he, fella. Yeah, he just found nothing under pressure, yeah. did he, once J-Mac asked for the ultimate effort, and we did cover it in the podcast prior. We definitely didn't tip him just at the prices, but... Even though he trials as a bomb, he always did that. And then he has shown in the past that he can fall in a hole first up. Yeah. So they've pulled the plug. What a career. Absolutely no qualms at all about that. And, you know, they allowed him to race and gave him every opportunity. So, mate, they've, they've made the right decision. And Eduardo as well, we can't forget. Yeah, true. Oh, he's yeah. retired as well, has yeah, he? Yeah, that's, that's my understanding. He's out. True. Yeah. Swan song for both of them. Um, yeah. Well done to both. You mentioned J-Mac. Big news. Mm-hmm. This is a huge hit to the early part of the spring, probably yep. just the remainder of September and the beginning of October. He does look like he will be back for Everest, that real peak Sydney carnival time. Yeah, Everest I heard is, is four m- weeks. Mid October. About the 13th, usually. Okay. Um, I'm yep. not sure on the date this year, but. 
four weeks it's looking like, potentially five, depending on how everything goes, but it's a big out for the next couple of weeks. Like, But it gives some other jockeys opportunities to get some good rides going into those huge Group 1 meetings. Yeah, there's a couple of young guns that are just riding with supreme confidence you... at the moment. No, keep going, keep going, sorry. Well, I was just going to mention Zach Lloyd is probably the top of that list, followed by Dylan Gibbards, and we saw their clash in the apprentice uh, ranks last year, but these two are absolutely flying. They've got supreme confidence at the moment, and they're now being trusted with the top-line horses, whereas previously they're just being used for claims of a horse carrying 62, 63, try and claim a bit. Now they're not claiming, they're just going on the top horses because they really are in that sort of form. So I think it coincides well with jockeys being overseas, Abdullah, Bowman or elsewhere, and now you've got jockeys going down. Obviously we wish J-Mac a speedy recovery, but seeing these guys now challenge the the old firm or the old guard is really exciting. For sure. I was just going to say, Zach Lloyd is, I think we've spoken about him a fair bit on this podcast and he's just getting better and better every week. He's... A superstar for sure in the making. Um, we're going to go through. So Mooney Valley is race seven to nine. And then Rose Hill, we're going to do six to nine. We're going to whip through pretty quickly. We understand that it's not the peak time, not the peak week, sorry, of this time of year. But we want to make sure we're staying informed, you're staying informed, and we keep following the horses as much as we can. So race seven, Mooney Valley, 2,040 metres. We're going to kick it off there. So... Top of the market's Barkley Square, 360. God, we love saying Barkley. Barkley, Barkley. Future History, 440. Jimmy the Bear's going around again, 7 bucks. Gold Trip, 10s with full of sincerity. Aaron Bay's 11s. Young Verta is $12. Born a King, 15. Bear Story, 27 with Youth Spirit. Buster Bash, 31s. Kimura, 51s. Ho Ho Khan is 71s. And then we've got Stafford's Lad and Rebel Racer at triple figures. Buster Bash to roll forward from the inside barrier. Aran Bay, if it gets a start, will come and show speed. Needs one to come out, though. Future History led them up last time at the Valley this track and trip and was very good in doing so. They'll probably show a bit of speed as well. And I think Youth Spirit is the other one that can come across. You mentioned Barkley Square. I thought he was there to run them down. Last time out, I know it was a mile, and he's definitely a horse that wants the 2,000, potentially, you know, two miles. We'll see if he's headed towards a Melbourne Cup later this year. I do want to keep him on side, but I just thought I wanted to see more second up with the fitness on side at the mile, because I do think he's still effective over those trips. And also pouring water on the fire a bit. Jimmy the Bears came out and was well held last time, also getting the run of the race. So with that being said, I'm going to sort of work around them and hunt a bit of value. I'm going with my mate, Young Werder. Oh. I don't necessarily like the weight. I'm not a, a big weight man, but once you get out to these trips, it definitely does pay, play a factor. I don't just ignore it. So he's definitely got a bit of weight to contend with, and he's got the inside barrier, which I'm not 100% pleased with. But Billy Egan hunted him up the fence last time, got him up there in the box seat. He was held up for 100 metres at Flemington last time and really found a line and wanted to go in between horses and win. And he just run down Milford over the concluding stages. So... That was the elusive win that he was chasing for, fuck, two years plus since his first campaign, I'm pretty sure. So he's he could well go on with it now. And if they can be positive, and Egan's obviously stuck with this horse instead of going with Jimmy Bear, who's um, who's going pretty well, it must be said. But Young Werther's back in form now. I hope he can put two together because at a very good price this week. We've got 12 so at the moment, Ned. $12, yeah, 12 What about the place? Um, we are looking at... 350 the place. Yeah, I think it's an excellent each way value considering where the rest of these horses are at in their campaign. I'm backing up. Hopefully, Young Weather can go back to back. 
I actually like Barclay Square. I think 360 is a good price, getting to a trip, 2040. Um, two good little fitness sort of runs, I reckon, 1400, then 1600. Now it gets to 2000, we're at one of VARs over this track and trip. Correct. Exactly, about Any 12 months Pericles. ago. But yeah, exactly yep. right. And we know what Pericles has gone on to do. Yep. My question, I remember last preparation, my big question was, how does this big horse get around the valley? Mm. He's now he's obviously come out proven that last preparation. I don't have to worry about that. Gate six, John McNeil. I think the money, 440 into 360, it's probably the right price now, to be honest. I reckon 440 was over the odds. I'll be having a play. Yeah, and we've we've followed him all the way along this horse, and you can't knock the ability. He's probably ready third up. Um, just hope he's forward enough, that's all. For sure. Race 8,000 metres, Midius McEwen. This is a small but very talented little field. We've got Giga Kick, top of the market, $1.95. First up, obviously, as well as Imperatrice. 390, Rothfire 480, and then we've got a big gap. So, Acromantula is $15. Acromantula. Acromantula. Did I actually sound that out wrong? Acromantula. Back, back, back from previous episodes, mate. I just had a flashback. <laughs> 15 bucks, Zoo Stole, 16 Serides, 21s. How's the Serenity? 81. Speed on there. They could really bust this open. How's the Serenity you mentioned has drawn the pole? It's the horse I think holds the key to how fast they're actually going to go here because. I don't necessarily think it's got the toe to match Zoo Style and Acro Mantula over the first 100 metres, but if they really want to overdo it and just charge forward, they could really bust this field open. I think what you'll find happening here, you'll have three or four at the front with you know those three I just mentioned, and then you've got horses way out the back, Imperatrice and Giga Kick, who are one, two in the market, and obviously the classiest horses. I think they're going to be detached. They're going to be two, three lengths off the, the nearest runner, not the leaders. And to make that sort of ground up at the Valley is very, very hard. You need a, a special horse, which obviously both of them are. I just think there's enough negatives here in terms of the placement for Giga Kick. I'm not knocking the talent of the horse at all. He's obviously one of the best sprinters we've got. Thousand metres, first time looking at the Valley. We know what the Velodrome can do for horses that don't have the experience, so I'm happy to play around him. Rothfire, track and trip specialist. He's four wins from six starts at the trip with a minor. He loves the Valley. He's won first up at this track and trip prior. I would have loved to have seen Damien Lane aboard. We've got Blake Shin, so you don't lose anything. I just, <clears throat> you know me, I'm a picky fucking prick. So <laughs> I wished Frosty was booked, but you lose nothing with Shin. He's a freak jock. He's in form as well. So, you know, I, I can't knock anyone at all in terms of that placement. He'll sit third or fourth and just follow them along. I think the one that you have to save on a zoo style is just a, an absolute charge forward horse, handlebars down. Damien Oliver booked. He'll go forward and potentially lead them up. Hopefully holds off Acro Mantula. And, uh, and may hold on for that second placing. Obviously no third divvies in this. So Rothfire, Zoo Style, two Queenslanders on top for me. Actually don't have much more to add to that. <laughs> Rothfire for me as well. I think 1,000 metres, he's the one that's given me the most ticks in this race. Giga Kick, as you said, most talented horse we've probably got over these sort of trips. Probably 1,200 12, to 1,400 metre trips. $1.95. I probably can't take $1.95. Um, especially, as you said, first time looking at the valley, the way the race actually looks to shape up as well. Imperatrice, I think if this was eleven or $1,200, i would probably be my tip for the race. Mm. 1,000 metres, the valley again, I just can't. There's a horse that does it and likes the valley and loves the distance. Yep. We're just going simple. Rothfire as well. Straight back, mate. Straight through the arc. 1,600 metres, last race we will cover in Melbourne. And look, it's over 1,600 metres, it's the fee and stakes. And they've actually assembled a pretty reasonable field here. 
We got Globe, who is a little bit of a boom horse, to be fair. It's had four career starts before wins, so nice little picket fence, which we love. Trained by Price and Kent Jr. and three dollars sixty. Two Valus there at four eighty. Attrition seven dollars fifty. Pinstripe eight fifty. Poundings there at double figures twelve dollars. Deny knowledge is twelves as well. Goldman, whereabouts are you? You're fourteen. Francesco Guardi's eighteen dollars. Luna Flair twenty seven with Virtuous Circle thirty five. King Magnus is there at forty one dollars with Forgot You. El Bodigan forty six. Saboteur XL sixty seven as well as Alaskan God. Did you catch Forgot You's first up run, Ned, before I go through? Because I won't spend too much time on him, but he's, a, he's an old favourite of ours. He was first up in that, uh, that bright, side bright side and was charging, was absolutely charging. Maybe one more for him. Good little trier. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? He tries his heart out. <laughs> yeah, close, but not close enough. Yeah. Eh? Globe goes forward, Ned. It's going to have to do a bit of work in doing so, but it's obviously a horse with just untapped potential, it seems, and on, on track towards a 2,000-metre uh, a Cox Plate. So they definitely want to give this horse a look at the valley. Interesting, you mentioned how big this horse is and just a big, oh. know, massive galloping thing. Maybe it's not suited to the valley, but they're going to chase the Cox Plate, so they do need to give it a look. I think it's worth starting on that horse. Deny Knowledge also whips forward, led them up uh, at this track as well last time and was very good. And Saboteur XL has drawn wide out. Maybe not suited up to the mile for that horse, so maybe just goes back and finds medicine. And Tuvalu, as he always does, no matter where he draws, he'll put himself in the race. I do respect Tuvalu, Ned, um, but I'm all over attrition here. I just think the first up run, he was four wide. Ben Mellon gave him absolutely none from there. And he still finished pretty much alongside Tuvalu, who had a softer run in transit, and only just nabbed us on the line. So attrition backs up here around a similar price of $7 that we got last week. I was pretty keen on him first up, but he won over second up um, 1,400 last time, but I think he's a genuine miler, which can't be, can't be said for a lot of the horses in this race. I think there's a few looking for further or just trying to stretch out to the mile. I think he fits the bill perfectly here. Hopefully, Mellon can get him a better running transit this time, and I think he's going to be very, very hard to beat. I'm with Tuvalu, not with a great deal of confidence, um, but look, second up record is pretty tidy. I thought the first up run was okay, but as was attrition's, they obviously running... Fifth and fourth in that race, yep. I believe. Yep. Um, I'm with Tuvalu, four dollars eighty. I think my my biggest knock is just Globe. I just don't know about this level of horses at the Valley from Gate Twelve. I just don't. I can't take three sixty. So I'm happy to be proven wrong. I'm just going to bet around and just going to play the the proven horse, which is Tuvalu. When I actually look through this field. There's not a lot of horses that are screaming winners to me. Yep. Tuvalu is a horse that's obviously proven at the highest level mm. around these trips, so I'm just going to stick there. Yeah. Some horses I want to watch for this race. Sorry, did you have something to add there? Well, no. Like, Tuvalu's won a two-rack over, over yeah. this trip, obviously, so he's well-suited, but I've got one to watch as well after you, mate. Mine's El Bodigan, so I just want to keep an eye on here. Um, obviously, last preparation running... Was it a Cox Plate? Yeah, running the Cox Plate and, the and Cox had a plate. first up run in Sydney and they tipped him out again. Yeah, obviously super. was a $5 chance in a Cox Plate. Went up to Sydney. Things didn't go exactly to plan. I'm just going to continue to keep an eye on this horse. Funny you mentioned that, Ned, because we did a sort of review end of uh, spring last year podcast and we said, what are the horses that we think will win a feature race or we're going to follow next year? The horse I said would win the Cox Plate next year was El Bodegon. Mm. You've just followed him as well, so now we're both on. I also said that Virtuous Circle would win the Melbourne Cup or go very close. It turns up first up here, so definitely two horses I'm keeping a very close eye on going forward. 
It's exciting. Mm. It's uh, definitely a good couple of races there at the Valley, but we're going to flip over the page now. We Rail's true, them. and it's a good four net. So before we skip, I know we fucking... I know we, we did this every week. Ridiculous. It's out of control. We're just so pumped up to get stuck <laughs> into them. But it's a good four. They're a plus four last time out, and we know it's a leader's highway. That fresh ground's going to be on the inside once again. So uh, just expect the on-pace horses. Don't try and get cute at the Valley. And now that we flip over the page, Jacko, you may as well go again, brother. What's going on at Rose Hill? Carbon copy, mate. Rinse and repeat. Good four. Nice bit of sting out of the ground. There's been a bit of rain about, but uh, Rose Hill and Randwick have been alternating, so a good bit of rest in between. So rail true as well. No excuses punting-wise. Rose Hill, let's get stuck into it. Races six to nine. The first race we're going to cover is obviously race six. 1,200 metres, the Scirocco Stakes. We've got top of the market, $2.50. I am me is there. Sorry, I didn't actually say the horse's name then, did I? Zapateo. Zap. $2.50. I am me, 280 second line. Now, these two horses have flipped. So, I am me, open 250. Zap, open 340. We've now got 250 and 280 the other way. Zugotch is there. Second up, obviously, $8.50. Sunshine in Paris, 10s with Queen of the Ball. Espiona, 18 bucks. Cinderella Days is 26. More Secrets, 61. And a tissue, mind you, just won a little award for one of our best mares in New South Wales the other day, is the bottom of this field at $71. Mm. And she is the queen of the turf, don't forget. So, I am me, Ned, led them up in an absolute canter last time and was never pressured at all. Obviously, was too good, but now draws a little wider out and finds a bit of pressure on its inside with Cinderella Days and Queen of the Ball. They're both going to go forward, and even though it's a pretty small field, they're going to make this a genuine tempo. I don't know what that means for IME. Can they take the box seat and just peel off their backs when needed, or is it a horse that needs to lead? That's my question with it. The horse that I don't have question marks over, whether it's first up, regardless of the track conditions, or the grade, it's Zapoteo. Mm-hmm. I know that she's short, and I wish I would have got on that 320 or 330 that you mentioned earlier. I think that she'll probably either hold or potentially lay her out just a little bit once the, the market percentages come back in, but... Even 250 now or 260, I think she's still a play. She's obviously the class of this field, and she's the horse that's suited to 1200. I look at horses like Espiona, Zugotcha, you know, they're probably looking for a little bit further. Sunshine in Paris turns first up here, but it's always hard to go three to four year old without that weight relief now. I just think Zapote ticks all the boxes. I would have loved to have seen J Mac on, but Collett's another jockey that's absolutely flying at the moment. So she maps perfectly to sit just behind them, and hopefully, will be too good for them. It's a fair point. I think that Zapoteo is an extremely good bet in this race as well. I actually liked the horse on the weekend, but um, we get it here instead, and I'm happy with that. A big drop in class, in my opinion. You've obviously got, as you mentioned, Zugotcha, Espiona, a tissue, these horses that are looking for a little bit further. This is definitely the distance looking for. The one I like at a little bit of odds is Sunshine in Paris. I think it is a 1,200-meter horse, when you look at last preparation, 0.2 behind in secret over a similar distance, what price would in secret be in this race, do you reckon? $1.60. Yeah, so yeah. for me, $10 seems over the odds. Yeah, I'm um, with you. I'm with you. I think they've, they've figured out this horse is a sprinter for sure. It's obviously 1,000 to 1,200, maybe 1,400 max. It's within those distance ranges. I just wonder if they're looking towards Everests, etc. This could be... The, I don't know. Yeah, look, any horse that wins a big race like this automatically goes on the radar. And there's only a handful of spots that have been taken already, the big namers. Mm. Now Eduardo, Nature Strip, these horses are dropping off. 
there's spots available. So you only need to win one or two races to put yourself on the radar. But the biggest tip for this horse was Ryan Maloney now rides regularly in Sydney. This was the horse that he came down to ride. So, you know, it ended up keeping him here and won a group one off the back of it. So the partnership's there and you have to respect it. Nisham gets her horses ready first up. Yep, for sure. I agree. I think definitely the roughie of the race, Zapatea, are going to be extremely hard to beat. Um, the next race, going to declare this very nice and early. This is a difficult, difficult, difficult little task. 1,400 metres, race seven. It's the dynasty Ming Dynasty quality. Tom Kitten top of the market after winning first up at 12 bucks, 370. NCAP 460, Raff Attack 850, Kintyre $12 with due case. Ashfall is also there at 12 bucks. Tanhouse is $17 first up. Kiel Wolf is 19s with Zardozzi. Infatuation 26 with Congregation, Cafe Millennium. Townsend's $27. Vomo Island is $35. Cap Ferrat is $81. <laughs> the names in are this... You, are you going a lot? This, this is insane. Steel Blaze and Missile Defense are 151 so That's one of the hardest lists I've had to do. Yeah. I, I'll normally bring in a, a quick little remark on uh, Darren Flindell at this moment, but I'm a, I'm, a maturing, I'm a maturing man, so I'll leave that. He had a shocking one on the weekend. You, I thought we were going to lay off him. Oh, I'm sorry. I Because I, I usually don't rip into him, but on the weekend... Which race? Oh, I can't remember now. Yeah, okay. It, it, he just... He, I think it's he like can only see goes, the winner. A fly goes into his mouth halfway through the race sometimes. He can only see the winner and then he forgets he's got to call the other eight. Mm. And then he goes back and then he loses the winner and then he's not sure who's second. And it's, <laughs> i got to say, though, all due respect, commentary is one of the most difficult capers in the world. But there's only we've we've only got five or six in the whole country that yeah. are like professionals. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. Do you know what? One thing about Darren Flindell. Yes, he's not the prime time call. We know who the big boss is, right? But the guy in Melbourne, he'll stay out of the photos. One thing about Darren Flindell, he will stick his neck out, and I don't think I've seen him get one wrong yet in terms of the photos. He's almost spot on every time. So next time. I remember mentioning to you maybe a couple of years ago, just listen to this bloke every time he stumbles. <laughs> Next time, listen for when the photos come out. This bloke is spot on. So that's one thing I have to give to yeah. him. Matt, Matt does not put his he doesn't He does not put his hat in there, ever. Yeah. If it's if, Even if it's half a head, he still won't do it because heads up, heads down. Whereas Flindell will, will leave it out there and he'll go with it. And you, you know who the gutsiest caller in the country is? There's a bloke named Anthony Manton. Have you, yeah. I don't know if you know him. He does country New South Wales does a lot of trots. Yeah. He was actually on a uh, like a Love Island Bachelor type setup oh, show. Right. As the narrator or as a contestant? No, as, as the Bachelor. Like, <laughs> he wasn't the Bachelor. I'll find out what it was. He was on the fucking show. Yeah, right. He like literally, he will not call photo finish. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's unbelievable. He's just like, oh, not sure. I'm going to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> Does he nail them though? I don't know. Probably <laughs> half the time. <laughs> Fuck, you're not doing very well if you can't nail the trots. Good Lord. Oh, God. Yeah. Anyway, we, we digress. Race 7 at Race Hill, 1400. Townsend goes forward with Raff Attack Infatuation and Seoul Wolf. Vomo Island can go forward and inject a bit of speed too. Kintai is an interesting one. It only got grabbed late by Tom Kitten first up. They've drawn wide out and, and how aggressive are they going to be? But I'm the same as you. Now, this is not a race that I'm attacking with any sort of confidence but a horse that I was interested in from a, a small sort of play perspective was NCAP. Came out of that Tom Kitten race. It has a bit of fitness on the side and it's still a maiden. I don't know if I like that that uh, gate one for it with Preble aboard, but 
I thought he still gave it a good run from an inside barrier as well last time and just got checked and then had to come out but still sort of got his passage through the pack last time and finished off very hard. Best last 600, meeting, uh, 600 metres of that race last time. And I think he up to the 1,400 now. He's still got race fitness on the side. I'm going to have something small on it. Four, what else? 50, what's it? 460 with sport? 460, yeah. Okay, actually, I don't want to mention any bookies on this show because we're waiting on a sponsor. So <laughs> we'll we'll, uh, we'll tack on later. But 460, I think, represents value. And on the uh, the favourite, Tom Kitten, obviously Nash sticks with this horse. Great partnership. It's never drawn below six in his career to this date. Now drawn 15, and it definitely does not get the same running trends that it did last time. I think it's going to be back half of the field and need a lot of luck. Can I just say, one of my favourite things to see is when you talk through a race and you get the stirrups out, the imaginary <laughs> stirrups. <laughs> he gets both hands left and right, clenched a little bit like he's holding the stirrups, and he's like steering from left to right. It's like when you used to play like Mario Kart or something and you tilt your head. He does the same thing. It's one of my favourite things. I love when you do it. Tip left, right. Beautiful. Um, crickets for me. Yeah. I, I'm with, like, Sorry for... The, no, no, I no, feel no. a bit like... Matt Hill. <laughs> not no, 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 but, but we'd be doing the punters a disservice if we start sticking our neck out for something that we're not even confident in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, we're only tipping and, and really giving something a push that we're backing ourselves. So why would we say, oh, yeah, this oh, this thing may go okay, but there's no tip, you know? But I'm with you. It's definitely not a race that I'm attacking with any confidence at all. Race 8, 1,200, run to the rows. Always a nice little assembled field leading into, obviously... The Golden Rose, which is the big race for three-year-olds in Sydney. Um, so we've got Cylinder, $1.95, top of the market. Libertad, $4.50. Don Corleone is eight fifty. Moravia, $12.00. Butch Cassidy is 13 General Salute's there at $17.00. Militarised, 19 Nadal is 21 On your raff. Chrysler is... Oh, jeez. Chrysler. Cry, Chrysler. Is Raffa still going around? Still going around in the clay courts? I, you know he lost to clay court tournament, yeah, okay. which is just doesn't happen. It's not supposed to happen. Maybe he's a bit of nature stripping him now. Maybe he stopped doing his routine. Yeah. Have you seen that routine? No. We're going off track, but yeah. fuck, it's funny. I was going to say, might have been the trip to Ascot that fucked him. Have you actually seen the routine? No. He plucks his ass, like pulls the undies out of his ass. Oh, that this I, is the pre-shot routine every yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could play a five-hour game. He sniffed his ass four hundred and sixty times mm. in that game. Mm. Anyway, he's twenty-one dollars in this field. Yeah, missile defense is two fifty-one. This was a bit of a heartbreaking race for me last year. I know we digressed a bit so far on this potty, but uh, our mate Swiss run fucking duck eggs last in this, and we're all pumped up. Yeah, he's headed to the Golden Rose. Duck eggs. Yeah. So yeah, it's just one of those things, mate. But look, to have to even have a horse in these races is unbelievable. Like you look, you look at the horses that are lining up. How this is year. the big fella? He'll be back. He'll be back this month. Um, trial in a couple of weeks, and then potentially last week of September we'll see him race. Yep. Probably trying to get a kill first up in, up in Queensland, and then see if he can bring him down. But you never know with these horses, mate. He may do a, a remark, and now that he's got the the gonads lopped off, he may just find a length or two, which is all he needs. But Hopefully, Swiss, mate, let's uh, let's get you back and let's give you strength. This race, Ned, Cylinder goes forward. Butch Cassidy with Libertad is going to sit just off them. I think Moravia can go forward from the widest barrier as well. Like, Nash just goes forward on Cylinder. He's the answer for this horse, isn't he? Just mm. rolls forward, yep. finds the fence. There's no other natural leaders in this race, and it doesn't look to be much pressure. He can control the race and just boot away from them when he needs. I am very worried about Libertad, just the way that horse maps all the time. 
and Chad Schofield just puts him into the race, pops him off at the perfect time, and he gives that kick over 150, 200 metres and puts the race to bed. But he'll have to really knuckle down to get Cylinder here because he's going to have that length on him. And you know that Nash finds with 100, 150 to go, he just lifts his mouth. So on with Cylinder, I know it's a skinny price, but I thought he was there to be beat first up and just really knuckled down and got the job done and showed a, a good bit of fight. I want to quickly save on General Salute as well. Mm. Finishing off hard in that Libertad race, it may be hard for any of those horses coming out of that race to turn the tables, but if he's close enough and Kara McAvoy sticks, who's not one of mine, <laughs> and we say it a lot, but he's not one of mine, if he can get that three-wide trail, follow some of you know those really smart horses like Don Corleone and militarise into the race, he can finish off hard. Big Cylinder is probably the one to beat. I wouldn't be turning you off if you liked Militarises the one for me at a bit of a rougher plot price. The only thing that I don't like that this horse gets is it gets a little bit of a weight penalty because of obviously how it performed last spring. It goes 58.5 in his top weight. I still think that over 1,200 metres this horse can be effective. Although first up, I still think this horse first up over 1,200 can be effective. I'm going to keep saying it until it happens. $3.60 the place is probably the bet for me and obviously watch for when it gets to... The Golden Rose, 1,400, and then 1,600 maybe after that as well. I think most effective in those middle distance trips, but I wouldn't be surprised in a field like this if it does run top three. Absolute class runner in this field, and I think to your point around the price, what the bookies are looking at, well, they're looking at a few things. Number one, Waller first up. Mm -hmm. You know that he just builds through the preps. Number two, he obviously won those feature races over longer trips. But then they're also looking back to last prep where Cylinder's done him three lengths over this trip at 1200 at, at uh, Ramwick last prep so yeah. obviously that's as a two year old and he obviously went on to bigger and better things since then and he's definitely come back a better horse but that's sort of an explanation for the price but I can't knock you out for the small small play each way final race we're going to cover is race 9 1300s the Theo Marks she's Winks one and maybe one or two of these Arcadia Queen was at first run in Sydney she fucking belted them in this race there I remember you go. clear as day Argentia's top of the market, 440. Dual Acceptor, I believe. Argentia, is that correct? Or have I got that wrong? No, I've got that wrong. No, no. Don't worry about me. Argentia, Militarise the Dual Acceptor in this. He's... Yes, sorry. He's first apologies. emergency. I, I don't know what Waller will do, but there's no jockey notified in this race, I believe. I, I'd say the Dual Accepting would be that 58 and a half. Like, do they want to give a, three, a new three-year-old a massive bust-up <clears throat> first up? You, you, know my, this race, you know my view on the race. Now, there, there's... 600 kilo animals, 1,200 metres. You're not, oh, you're not worried about it. Scratch, a, a anyway. cup, scratch anyway. don't worry about it. But a couple of kilos each way. Look, oh, come on, guys. Come I on, disagree. Guys. Come on, guys. I disagree. Like, if you... Look, think about this. To put it into proportion, I weigh about 77, 78 kilos. You put an extra 500 grams on me, I'm not going to notice it. Yes, you will. No, I will not notice okay, it. Okay, so you're telling me that if... if the Melbourne Cup was run at weight for age conditions. It wouldn't change. Like, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't change. The no, result. no. Melbourne Cup's thirty-two hundred. Different kettle of fish. I'm saying twelve hundred mm. for this horse. Six hundred kilo beast, and we're talking about a couple of kilos here and there. Come on. So if the Everest was a handicap, you'd be fine with it. Yeah. Really. Hundred percent. I feel like you're just no. Really. Thirty-two hundred is a different kettle of fish because you mm. actually have to carry it for longer. So right? interesting. That's just my view, mate. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm. I'm I, I don't I can hear it. I don't sit there and completely disregard it, yeah. right? If it's if it actually makes sense, where a horse has got a six or seven kilo weight swing on something that it yeah. ran against before, that obviously is something I take into account. When it's a kilo here and there, two kilos, 
there's that much data and info that goes into horse racing as it is. That's and and you've got it somewhere. You have to cut back on it. Otherwise, your head starts swimming. Yeah, fair. I tend to cut back on weights when I see one kilo or two kilos here or there. Yeah, fair enough. It's nice to not see eye to eye mm. on something. That's what it's about, mate. Everyone's got their own fucking value proposition, and, and we just get after it. But at the end of the day, Ned, you know who wins? The bookies. Well, here's top of the market. Speaking of, speaking the bookies winning. 440, Nuggets <laughs> 650, Crosstalk 7 bucks, Madame Pomery 750, Golden Mile 850, $9, Waterford 53.5 kilos, $11, Tamerlane 12s, The Inevitables $14, Cuban Royale 26, Kerwin's Lane 41, Flying Crazy, Commando Hunt are both triple figures. Map looks good for Crosstalk here. It's just going to roll forward from that outside barrier and come across under its own steam. Tamerlane and Nugget are the other two. I don't know how aggressive Nugget's going to be first up. I think Golden Mile can settle a little closer, obviously keeping it at these shorter trips. Had absolutely no luck at all, uh, this prep, this horse. Was caught in that incident first up where unfortunately Big Parade was retired off the back of that. Um, you know, it just had absolutely no chance to, to finish off in that race. It all was eased up. Second up, copped a laceration in running, was galloped on, so another complete excuse. And now we're looking at close to double digits for this horse, and we know the class that it has. Yep. And I think you and I are in agreement. This is a 12, 1300-meter horse. It's not a mile horse. I know yep. he's won the Caulfield Guineas over that trip, but we've got him pinned as the, a sprint now. So mm-hmm. I'm happy with him here third up. I know he hasn't got much benefit out of those first two runs with the excuses, but I still like him on the fresh side anyway. And I'm going to back up here. I just I can't ignore that price. Argentia's just bursting to win one of these races, yeah. isn't she? She's just been finishing off hard. Three wide last time out behind uh, Bonus Notches, who's a horse going to go on to some pretty good things. And there was, you know, complete excuses for her in that run, but you tend to find excuses for her all the time. All the time. She's got her dry track. She's got her middle barrier. This is really her race. If she's ever going to win one, it's this. I'm going to keep her on side because she's absolutely bursting to win one. I agree with your statement on Argentia. I think that 440 is probably well found enough for me in this sort of field, though. $12 in the 440. If you could have gotten on a, a little bit earlier at first acceptances, that may be a bit better. Off a three-wide run, though, was fantastic. Um, who was that in behind? That was behind Buenos Notches, Buenos Notches as you said, yep. who obviously is a quality horse. Um, Golden Mile's an interesting one. We have pegged this horse, haven't we, as sort of a 12, 1300. And you look at last prep. 1500, 1600 against the best, like the best middle distance horses. So, yeah, it's a big ask. Nugget's the interesting one for me, mate. Yeah. First up, obviously ran third behind Mr. Brightside and my Oberon in the, was that the Doncaster? Donny. It's got to be, this is sort of, you know, first up, nice first up record, gets yeah, Collett, Myron Eustace. Like, to me, horses like Crosstalk's a wet tracker. I don't think Madame Pomery's up to this. I, I just think Phillies and Mare grade for Madame Pomery is enough. Mm-hmm. I don't think up to these. Golden Mile, I've got question marks about the last four or five runs. I need to see him do something. Waterford, I think Jury's out a little bit as well. Not yep. sure where he's at. Yep. I think Nugget, if can run up to its 100% or around its 90 to 100%, I think it's the it's going to be one of the best horses in this race. Yeah, I agree. wins. I agree. It, you know, it's that type of race where there's no pressure on and you don't need to have that fitness base to actually be competitive. Mm. If there was three or four leaders in this and they're going to bust them open, that's where you're coming up for air without fitness. But I just think Nugget is a mile for him, especially at this stage of his career. I just 
want to find him at the mile, I'm happy to let him go around. My, you know, MO for the day, Ned, is going to be Nash and Blue Jackets. Mate, I'm just going to, I'm going to hit him and hit him hard and hope for the best. Have you got anything for me over in those Western states, those Western, Western, Western states? Yeah, we're two out of three this year, Ned, or this season coming back since August 1, so... 66%. Yep, and they're, they're quite fickle, the punters, you know, as soon as you have a poor result, they're quite happy to let you know. And <laughs> Did you hear about it? No, nah, well, get a couple of little comments here or there, but yeah, absolutely unsighted on the weekend, so I've got to scrub <laughs> that from the memory as quickly as we can. I'll follow up on Chris Parnham at a similar price again this week. Mm. I'll give him another one. It wasn't necessarily his fault. I don't want to lay blame on the jocks and, and play the old TV jockey. Searching rocks, Ned. This is in race seven. It's 1,400. What time we got out there? It'll be 6.35, so they're just starting to push them out later and later. People might notice now, you, you leave work at 5.30 and it's still light. It's fucking beautiful, it's, mate. Yeah, it is nice. Yeah, so Belmont, 6.35 this weekend. Plenty of time to, you know, get back upright. Whatever the fuck happened during the day, you're pushing your chips in. Searching Rocks is first up, got a nice first up record. A lot of horses in this race are looking for further. Mm-hmm. Come back in trip, you know, the, the second favourite is Comes a Time, uh, not Comes a Time, the Ginger Baker, who is a horse I've got a bit of an opinion on, but is coming back in trip. So I just, I don't know if I like it over 1,400. This is the horse that suits here. It's trial well coming in, and Chris Parnham's found it. He trialed the horse as well. I love when Parnham sticks on him for the trials, and then he's on first up. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a recipe for success. $4.20 we're getting and a dollar eighty the place. So, maps well from Middle Barrier, all over it. Hopefully, we can back up and go three from four. Best is West, always is. Mate, good luck on the weekend if you're having a punt. And all the best. Uh, thanks to the listeners. Yep, all Cheers. the best, guys. We love you. We're heating up. It's a uh, very exciting time of year. Um, we'll be back to back to back next week with mm-hmm. some massive races. McCarvey, McCarvey, do the next week. Oof, here we go. See you, brother. See you, mate.